The Koi Gig Pod. There's no way Arsenal would let her go. It's all kind of mind games going on, which is a lot of fun. Picked up more attention than any other actual transfer. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Ryan O'Driscoll on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now then, you're welcome along. So weekend one of the Six Nations done and dusted. Wales 10, Ireland 34 in Cardiff. We had the Scots once again beating England 23-29 at Twickenham. And then Italy did very well against a French side, probably in somewhere between second and third gear. In the end, France uh, came through when they had to 29 points to 24. So three away wins. First time in Six Nations history, indeed, three away wins. And next weekend is set up beautifully. So Ireland-France in Dublin, that looms large. Then we have Murrayfield. Scotland, unlike uh, in recent times, looking to back up their uh, big performance against England. So they have Wales. And then on Sunday, England will host Italy at Twickenham. So that is the lay of the land. Very happy to say Brian Driscoll is with us. Evening. Good evening, Joe, and welcome back. Thank you. Uh, I'm loving the juxtaposition of a, of a warm glow from you, happy with life, but absolutely <laughs> exhausted at the same time. I don't even know what day it is. Uh, yeah, so we'll power through. Uh, you can do most of the talking here. Three really good games. Three really good games. Uh, three great games. Yeah, really great games. Um, yeah, we obviously got off to a flyer. What a brilliant half an hour it was um, to start us and the game was over pretty much um, at that point. And then... We kind of, it's very hard to keep that intensity going for 80 minutes and that's the reality of it. But when you start that well and score three tries, you know, in relatively quick succession without conceding one yourself away from home, the stats will tell you that it's massively swayed in your favour if you're a couple of scores up um, in test match rugby. Uh, so, yeah, even though Wales had a few purple patches and you know maybe could have had another score, we were... It felt as though we, you know, when we were coasting in third gear, that we could have ratcheted up through the gears a little bit more if we needed to. But it was a very, very comfortable, for, uh, comfortable performance. Scotland, England, great game. You know, um, nip and tuck, and uh, some brilliant, brilliant tries. Um, a nice bit of create uh, creativity. You know, signs of what England are capable of, and then some horrific defence. And then France, Italy was a great game. Great game. I was covering that one for Italy, France, I should say, was for ITV. And um, yeah, they never went away. I think we it's it's exciting because it feels like the Six Nations again, um, or the Six Nations, I should say, full stop, um, where Italy potentially could be a competitor for everyone now if we if if they continue to build on on what we saw. So let's pick our way through Cardiff. The pre-match fears which bubbled away all week of a Gatland ambush uh, were right there even before kickoff. And I suppose if you thought how that would manifest, it was going to be an emotional, manic Welch physicality that they would be winning collisions and would get on top and would cause havoc at the breakdown. That's how you kind of pictured this potential ambush. And instead it was Ireland who just bulldozed through them. Yeah, and... Yeah, it was. Um, I think if you look at the age profile of this um, this Welsh team as well, I had played, I think, against eight of these. I, I'm, I haven't played for nine years. So 
Like this is not a young, this was not a young side. He went back to the tried and tested in many ways. Um, and some of them are a shadow of their former selves. They really are. And they're, they're running on fumes at the moment. Um, so, um, put, you know, add that with, you know, a lack of time to, to have, you know, a cohesive nature as to what he wants to achieve. Um, you know, the, them being in disarray as a, um, as a union, um, the lots of infighting, lots of allegations, um, lots of uncertainty about where these players are going to be playing, um, next year, you know, so many factors were working against it, but yet you felt as though with Gatlin coming back, it had the chance of all of those factors being galvanized by his return. We just didn't see it. They didn't have a chance from the, almost the first possession of getting to the width um, seamlessly where, you know, you knew they were going to come up hard. And, and I think we just picked them off, got to James Lowe um, to the edge, um, kicked down. Liam Williams got, you know, trapped over his own line and then ball kicked out eight meters out. And then we never looked back from there. Um, so just really good strategy from Ireland throughout that first 25, 30 minutes, a combination of power, some, some kicking where needed be, um, you know, shot selection, um, hammering them in, in close, uh, but also uh, being able to, you know, use sleight of hand to get to the edges. I just thought we, yeah, we had too much power for them, to be honest with you. Um, and the ball carrying of some of some of the players, it, it was soft defence. Let's be honest. Um, at times, you know, for the for the beginning of the game, you think you're you're going to come out full of bluster, but yeah, it was it was quite strange to see such a big disparity between the two teams. We haven't seen it for 10 years, certainly not in Cardiff. Um, so to to see that w- is worrying for Wales. It shows how, how far they have to go, but also very positive from an Irish perspective that we are continuing to build on, you know, the great work of last year. Um, and and that, yeah, maybe we should start, uh, not, not believing our own hype, but we should start really genuinely believing that we are continuing to go in the right direction and and we're building on a on the on great foundations of a of a reputation built in earnest over the last two years yeah and i don't think we're navel gazing or deluded when we talk that way because listening to for instance on the bbc john barkley and sam warburton and ugo Manya, i mean they are just effusive about what ireland are doing um like barkley said when ireland get into that shape they are unstoppable. And Warburton was talking about the the carries because I think the point was put to him, you wouldn't traditionally associate Ireland with just bulldozing teams. And he was saying, Mm. well, they are producing some bigger men, but also he said the shape that they're in is just incredible. And that puts a doubt in the tackler's mind if the ball carrier has all these options. Then you've got the footwork. Then when they make contact, they stay on their feet and somebody else latches on and then they bounce off the ground. So, the work rate is such that they're up and they're back in position and suddenly they've more numbers because they're up more quickly than you are as an opposition. You you mix all that around in the pot. I mean, it does it does make us sound pretty awesome. Yeah, it it, it, it is very good to look uh, from. It's great to hear others talking about it, not just us talking about ourselves. It is. It's very comforting knowing that. And I don't think they're butter, buttering us up. I think they genuinely believe that it's, you know, at the moment... It's that you don't know how Ireland are coming at you, and the fact oh, oh, that be, we're able to make no to mistake, win they were the, they were disgusted. They weren't buttering us up. Yeah, they were, they were like, good. "What the hell do we do here?" 
Yeah, great. Um, John was a great example of it was James Ryan's try. And, and yes, there was lots of great work done beforehand. But even just that last Beelham play scrum half, he picks it up and actually draws the guard as, you know, as if he's potentially going to carry himself and then just pops it out. And it's Morgan, I think, is at the guard and he comes in and hits Beelham, but the ball's gone. And then it makes it a one on one tackle between Ryan and Hawkins, the centre, and you've got Ty Byrne latching on. That's that's try time all day. But it's the it's the thought around what you're trying to do, isolating defenders. And that's why when you look at that shape about the three lined up with everyone an option, it means that there's a respect on uh, defensively on each personnel and, the, and there's a lack of t- double team tackles. And that's where you know, where we're getting an edge at the moment. We've got really good footwork at the line. People are picking good angles, but also we've got bigger athletes that are that are playing with a lot of confidence and feel as though they're really, they, they don't have to second guess themselves. And when we need a bit of go forward, I think we're getting intent. I think Josh van der Fleer a couple of times just ran with, at, a, at 100 miles an hour, just with, with everything he had. And unless you've got a, a, an enormous man with with get, you know, perfect timing, a really big shot to neutralize that tackle, you're going to get in behind. You're going to get an additional yard or two. Um, and that means defense on the back foot. And that is everything in Test Match Rugby. Defense is on the back foot, uns, uncertain as to where they're setting themselves. Mm. Um, and it's the meters after contact that I think is the really impressive um, differentiator for Ireland at the moment and, and Doris is a great example of that it's whatever about the carries of running meters but it's what happens when you're impacted in the tackle and and you know if you if if you're neutralized or whether you're able to gain one two three meters and with within every additional meter it has a significant knock-on effect to a backpedaling defense mm. so I think that's where Ireland at the moment because there's so much variety to what they're doing, Teams don't want to get caught out wide, so you know they hold more width. Well, when you hold more width, you go through the middle of them. Yes, um, and it's and it's really it, it's it's ultimately what they said they were going to do is play more heads up rugby, and they've got the personnel to be able to dictate that. And they don't get it right the whole time. Like um, for the Doris try, the first one, like um, Sexton is is ordering them back to short side or back to where they've just come from, but then Connor Murray sees the defense struggling on the on the keep on going side and gives it to Doris running a, a simple hard line he's not going to be stopped but the squareness of the carries as well they're not there's no lateral running everything is direct as square north uh, south to north on their carries and it makes it very very challenging you know unless you're coming directly up yourself and you're not thinking about drifting off at all mm. that it makes it very challenging from a defensive point of view to have constant um, offensive tackles in in that regard you know what's really striking as we've watched this uh, Farrell Rain uh, blossom is that when he first arrived and talked about heads up rugby, that phrase you mentioned there, he's actually, in some respects, he, he did himself a bit of a disservice because that suggests, oh, it's easy breezy, go out and do what you feel like doing. And what's become apparent is they're hyper organised as well. I, probably as much detail as the Schmidt era almost, but there's maybe a touch more flexibility therein. Yeah, I, I think the structures are in place, but then with an ability to have your best players and your and your kind of lieutenants picking and choosing depending on what the, the picture looks like. And and it is it's it's 
trying to look at what's mirrored and when something's mirrored then it means if they've got numbers in the backfield that there there can't be a perfect mirroring of attack versus defense on the other side and that's why you see sex and pointing at different sides at, you know at particular moments because he's identified an ability to be a personnel on one side where okay if i hit that side i know i'll have two front rowers defending together on this next side and that's when where we'll launch from and then you've got the work rate of hugo keen in the backfield as well who sits in behind the rook and then makes himself the additional number on on the extremity very often it's just small little things that it's not it's not rocket science. It's hard work and it's an ability to be able to identify where your next major opportunity is. And and when it doesn't work, you just build again and get yourself back into the middle of the field or you get yourself, you know, watching where people get lazy. You keep on going where they overfold. You go back the blind side. Hmm. So it's just it's just genuine rugby intellect. So that 25 minute period of Welsh dominance, Ireland, I think it was Keenan said in the post-match interview, couldn't to get out of their own half. The penalty count shot up. They ended up with 13 penalties, which would be more than they might like ordinarily. And they went uh, close to 50 minutes without scoring as well up until that van der Fleer uh, try. So I think you alluded to it earlier on in the conversation. You have this more as a foot off the gas, the game is done, as opposed to anything to worry about overly. Well, I do think... Physically, it's very difficult, very challenging to play at the intensity that they played at for 30 minutes, 480. Um, and when you've built a scoreline like that, inevitably, the, it, you never see one-way traffic, or, or rarely, you know. And certainly, you know, in Six Nations games, there's, there's always ebbs and flows and nip and tuck in some capacity. Teams tend not to capitulate, certainly not Wales. You know, there's no thrashings anymore. So... It's not going to continue in that regard. You're going to have a reaction, particularly after after half time. But we have to remember too that when Wales did get their purple patch, um, you know they should have scored a try, other than a brilliant save from well, one from from Keenan chasing back, um, which for me was a knock on in the tackle. But anyway, the referee played on, but a brilliant coverage from the from the fullback, and then you had one from Porter, which was absolutely brilliant yeah. in holding up. Um, was it Morgan again? But it's it, the smartness of that about realizing even a man like Porter, he knew that if he hit Morgan in a collision, his momentum was most likely still going to carry him over. So the way he actually pivots his body and goes in for the tuck position immediately, knowing that holding him up is his only opportunity of stopping that try was really, really clever. And these are hundreds of a second decision. So. Um, yeah, there was, but there were there were a couple of moments where the the momentum could have gone with Wales, but we managed to hold them off. And and then you know you go in at half time and you know something's coming in the second half. But when you've got a, a significant lead like that and you've got the firepower that Ireland have, you know there's going to be another score or two in you, which um, which ended up being the case. But it was it was very very comfortable. There was no nervousness even when when Wales even when they scored, and then got the penalty from halfway. Maybe if Ken Owens hadn't thrown that over, you know, the overthrow the line out or crooked line out and they built something there, maybe there would have been, oh, well, let's see what comes of this. But there's it was still a significant gap between the two teams and, um, and, and Ireland, it did feel as though they had an ability to ratchet it up when they needed to. And Gatlin said he'd give Porter a kick up the ass for that slide uh, at the try for that and the penalty that was given. I kind of thought, is he not entitled? You never love them when you see. You never love them when you see it with the opposition. So I can understand. I, I don't love an old knee drop, but I think his was 
more on the marginal side of things where, you know, he's trying to hold it up. It's not like it's a it's a double knee drop into someone, which I've seen in the past when you have no chance whatsoever. At least he reached an arm out to try and get his arm underneath it. So, um, you know, it's a guy, I, I like his ambition that he give never gives up. A, uh, there's no dead cause. And I think that's what you get with Andrew Porter. But so we just have to be a bit mindful that, you know, it could have, A, he could have injured the player a little bit more. Um, and and secondly, um, you know, when it's, when it's gone, you, you know, you, there's there's moments we just know a try is being scored, and you you got to give it up. Um, so yeah, I think it was a good decision, good refereeing from Carl Dixon. Actually, I thought had a good game. You know, there's been queries and question marks a bit around Carl Dixon in, in the Premiership and, and in Europe of late with some of the, some of the decisions. There was, he's been involved in some of the more contentious decisions. I thought he had a good game. Uh, some of the standout performers for Ireland. So Keenan, man of the match. And again, to borrow actually from afar, Will Greenwood, Alan Quinlan was on uh, AM this morning. Will Greenwood said that he has Keenan pretty much as the best fullback in the world at this stage. And it's funny with Keenan's performance. It was just like immaculate. But I would have said, you wouldn't come away going, she's best of luck trying to repeat that. I feel like Keenan's like Dennis Irwin. He'll knock that eight, 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 <laughs> eight out of ten every week. Like that, that's just that's just him ticking along. Yeah, it is. Like, that, th- yeah, there was nothing really amazingly done just super solid it's like the, it's the security policy that you want in your full back total confidence under the high ball um you know coverage of the backfield his, that's a really strong part of his game because Ireland are playing their wingers high too his speed over the ground is very very quick in in covering the corners and stopping 50-22s um and yeah, just a really low error count. He's a very good passer of the ball too, which you know, which he didn't have to do a huge amount of. But he has all of the hallmarks as as a very, very complete rugby player. Um, and yeah, you know, I hear that he's he's a dream to 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 coach. You know, he's a sponge. He's so interested in learning and developing as well. I, I don't know him you know, personally, um, but he he comes across certainly in his interviews very level headed and very you know, very ambitious of continuing to get better. So, um, he, yeah, he just had, without necessarily doing anything, he wasn't, didn't do a do on Van der Merwe, but yet it was very clear and evident that he was one of the two best players on the pitch. Him and Doris were yeah. the standout performers just because they, they made the simple looks very, very easy, like so comfortable. Um, some of the high catches, um, even, even its very first catch, um, from the box kick, you know, you know, early nerves, yeah. you know, he, he saw himself on outside the pitch and just got his footwork, you know, just inside the line to catch it and then running in field and set up a rough to get them to the edge. That's small stuff. You know, that, that counts for a lot. Yeah, yeah. So just how good is Doris then? I, I, I I'm afraid to, to kind of wax lyrically any more about him because I, I, I'm, he's he's getting he's become so so good and we were talking a bit about him in european rugby uh, the last few weeks when um you were off feeding your baby um he he's been absolutely outstanding uh for 18 months now and he's um his development of his game his his running his his numbers so i i, I would look after every game and look at, at stat packs and i don't want to get driven by by numbers but his are through the roof 
on everything, on key man at Rook, carries, tackles, his work rate, he's, it's insatiable. And um, and he has lots of key moments as well. Turnovers, um, big collisions, great carries, scores, tries. He is, he's a player I've probably gotten most excited about in the last year. I had heard years ago from um, a, a well-known coach that, that's involved, that has been involved with him, we were looking at all the different back rowers coming through and different names. And they were like, this guy is going to be the best of the lot. And I think it's going to be the case. He is a brilliant, brilliant footballer. Mm. Uh, I mean, a lot of Irish players are good games. Who else is, is worthy of mention? Sheehan uh, is, is liable to pop up and do great things on the right wing as he is in the scrum. You had uh, Ringrose, ever reliable. Um, I mean, take your pick. A lot of Irish players seem to play very well. I think there's the one thing about Ringrose, and I and I and I'd love to understand the license he has been given. Yeah. To he's shooting so much at the moment, and you know the stats will tell you he had four misses, but it's it's not about them. And we've said this previously that, but that he does do that a little bit, and he and he changes the point of where the rook is going to be, and so he by doing that he forces the ball carrier more often than not to tuck or to duck back inside, and it breaks the integrity of their attack and whatnot. Yes. Sort but, of, but sort of like more, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a few meters to position you where I want you. Kind of a, a, a shift. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like well, and 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 sometimes, you know, teams, particularly teams of structure, want to know exactly where the rook is going to be. They're trying to get to an edge, and then all of a sudden they don't get to that edge, and so it kind of screws up the next passage of play as to where the personnel are going to be. If you if you're looking to get to the five meter channel and you only get to the fifteen, does it mean the fours go around the corner then, or do they come back? on the near side, which may, makes them very narrow. Yes, so yeah. just it puts a screw in, in their heads as to as to what's coming next. Now, he he did have a, a few misses. <laughs> the shot on Dan Bigger mm. and his ribs. Oh, man, it was beautiful. I, I'm really, <laughs> enjoyed, I really enjoyed watching it. And he's, um, yeah, he's got an edge to him for such a nice guy. He's got a really edge, uh, edgy part to his game where he now prides himself on his physicality. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying and, and intrigued in watching that uh, as it develops to see will we see more and more of it. He does it brilliantly. It, rarely does he get caught out, you know, tragically, where someone, you know, is able to catch a ball on the outside on a bounce pass and, and completely does him. Even, even when he made um, uh, a sit-down read in the first half where Bigger had, had him on the outside, his ability to be able to react from, you know, the short runner loses footing and then still has a, a chance to bounce out and get bigger was was really, really good defending. And actually, I, I watched it back and saw he was on the blind side defending and he worked hard and they made a good inroads with their carry. Mm. And he got to the, he worked around to the edge, had that short runner who, again, I think was Morgan and then bigger should have just taken it on the bounce and he probably would have done them, but bigger thought about a pass and it, it allowed him a snapshot second to get back in the play and, and take him down. But it was still a magnificent tackle. So for me, Gary Ringrose is playing brilliant stuff. Sheehan, um, his explosiveness, he, for me, I think he's got to be maybe the best hooker in the world at the moment. Um, Malcolm Marks would have something to say about that, I'm sure. And Manembe, a few South Africans might challenge that, but his 
his his jump step that he has is undefendable. Mm. It's actually he he team's strategy of having you know their six in one flank and the two in the other only works when you've got real athletes, um like you know the likes of 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 Sheehan playing a hooker in the trams where they're totally comfortable. We used to have Sean Cronin years ago where he was as fast as any back. Um, and you're totally comfortable him being in the line with you rather than running a support play. Sheehan is a dream to watch in the open field. Um, and you watch them even on the quick taps, you know, when they set them up. Like it looks as though he potentially could score from a quick <laughs> tap. And because of the acceleration on the quick tap and then the, the power that he has to back it up. Um, and the thing that, that I like about that as well, and maybe some teams are watching Ireland as well, because Ireland or uh, Leinster, because Leinster have had a couple of those quick tap free kicks where they've had a bit of an intricacy, you know, you've got to respect wide and tight as well. Yes, so yeah. I'm interested to see how that evolves over the season. I know, I was, I was going to ask you, were they keeping their powder dry or might there be a belief that those fun and games don't translate to test level? I wasn't sure. But I think I think you I think there's still scope to be able to we saw we saw a little bit of that power play stuff from from um from kind of slow ruck ball from Ireland last year against Wales where they had this little manipulative uh, loop play where Sexton came around. I think they have creativity in the bank and they're just they're storing it. There's no they had they had too much for Wales. They knew they had them on the rack on the power game. So why not go why not stay with that? I think with someone like France where physically you know more more imposing you probably have to think your way around that a little bit more so i'd say we might see something on the quick tap front this weekend we'll have a little variation okay geez that's some praise for sheen how many best player in their position in the world awards are we handing out here to ireland i mean we need to get a hold of ourselves yeah exactly how's this one going to translate with <laughs> <laughs> the written press um i i don't know necessarily about you know what will greenwood says about about um keenan i think he's he's in the conversation yeah. now um, I think um, I still think we've got our number 10 is um, and then um, yeah I would say Porter's definitely in the conversation um, for sure and then number 8 um, Doris and I'd say Still at the moment, I'd say Josh van der Fleer. And, and it's, Josh is a really weird one because he's World Player of the Year. But it feels like there's like, oh, come on. You know, people <laughs> around the world, oh, Josh van der Fleer couldn't be World Player of the Year. You know, but yet he's still churning out these performances yeah. after getting the gong. Yeah. So, um, like, I think he's he's definitely in the conversation, even though he's not a conventional best player in the world type player, you know? Um, so I'd say... Right now, listen, we're number one in the world, so fifteen of them. No, I'd say <laughs> I'd say four of them. Yeah, you know, for me, I'd say Porter, Sheehan, uh, Doris, and and Johnny with with the possibility of um, of Keenan being there and Ring Rose in that conversation. Mm. But then Lucanio Am will you know, again in South Africa. They'll yes. they'll poo poo that idea. So and Furlong, if he was back, and Furlong when he's back, yeah, yeah. That's oh, helpful. good, good, great game from Beelham though really good game from him like you have to remember too he's a he's been a cameo guy he's mm. been 15 20 minutes and he but he's been very good so there was kind of querying whether it, whether he was going to be as effective in the start i thought he was really really good yeah um and very comforting knowing that you have backup like that well, before we get too high on our already far too high horse we're going to take a short break the french are coming to dublin we need to talk about that next 
Brian O'Driscoll. On Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. You're very welcome back. So uh, Six Nations right upon us. Rugby and Off The Ball is with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. If you're just tuning in, Brian O'Driscoll has been uh, taking us through Ireland's win against Wales. Let's look ahead now to the French coming to Dublin. Uh, they were somewhere between second and third gear against Italy. In the end, they got the job done, 29 points to 24. My instinct here with this game, Brian and Rome, is to almost ignore it as as pretty much complete irrelevance with a view to what's to come in Dublin. Uh, Rob Carney in the Virgin Studios wasn't so sure. He said, look, if you're of a certain mindset, you don't go out and perform like that. Uh, what's your sense of what, what we can read into Sunday? I'm with Rob on that. I, again, without getting excessively ahead of ourselves i think it's to see that performance from france you know substandard um sloppy discipline very poor um you know i don't think they offered a huge amount they, their kick game was very effective they'd obviously earmarked you know the narrowness that that italian defense you know had performed in in the autumn and so they they made them pay a couple of times there, but I, I, Ireland won't be that naive, so they'll they'll have to um, they'll have to go through phases an awful lot more for some of their scores. You have to remember, three of their scores, one came from a block down, yeah. and two came from cross field kicks. Like I, I don't think they'll get that level of access, you know, with Ireland in any in any manner of means. So I, I think. I, I I would be a little bit nervous for France um, on where their progression is, having seen that performance. Okay. Um, I think they they really missed Jonathan Dante at twelve. I think Mofana's nice player without being exceptional. Um, I think Dumoutier on the wing. He only, he he got his first touch on twenty five minutes in mm. his first cap. Yeah. So I was I was in studio and I was like, God, Jermaine Dumoutier is being very quiet. And one of the the tech guys said into my ears, like, it's his first touch, 25 minutes. I was like, that's disgrace. He's got to go looking for the ball more in the next thing. As I was saying that he scored his try. Mm. Um, I, I, that's not, I, I can't fathom that. Your first cap, get off, get off the scrum half, get a touch within, I'm, I'm getting, going looking for the ball within two minutes, mm. three minutes. Mm. Out of position, doesn't matter. Get your hands on the ball. Waiting out on your wing. That would, I think they're starting to get a little bit thin there. Vakatawa is a huge loss to them in the centre, having to retire. I think Fiku now was playing a bit of wing, um, but now is the, the you know, uh, locked in 13. Very, very nice player, but important combination with Dante. I think Dante's become a huge player for, for them. Gives them brilliant advantage line. It's a lot more of a baller than maybe I initially gave him credit for. Um, and then, yeah, you know, Pinot was like a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, I think they missed Villiers on uh, on the wing, who who was really good last season and, and got injured during the week. He would have started if, if he wasn't for injury. But I think if you look after that, I don't necessarily think there's big names jumping out to get into the team. So I... I, I I, I'm not sure about where this French team is at right at the moment. They'll be a very, very difficult prospect in France in September, of course, very different. But I think coming to Dublin on the back of that performance, I think we'll, po- we'll, we'll pose more threats um, strategically and um, at the line mm. and with decision-making than Italy did. 
and I, I think we'll have them in in trouble. OK, uh, my lingering memory from Paris is the sheer size of France, their, their counter rooking issues in the scrum, uh, any one off runners in Ireland's part smashed. Uh, so that size hasn't changed. What about the fight up front here? Well, the, for me, the, the one of the, the biggest um, upsides to last season was the performance against France, that they played really well and we never went away. They physically dominated us and we stayed with them right to the right to the death and lost by one score. Uh, you know, when they were when they were going very, very well. Um, and then to back that up, sorry, just to, to, to I'll come back to that, but then backing that physical performance up against South Africa, I think yeah. there's huge confidence built in that physical game. And also, I think we've moved on our, our, our movement from playing France, their success and the way we played in New Zealand during the summer. And then, you know, what we saw in the first half an hour, we're, we're a, a much better team um, from, a, from a game plan point of view and, and understanding what we're trying to achieve. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I think the raw power will always will always have a nervousness, but it, but it feels like we've we've answered some big questions in in that regard against them last year and against South Africa, and that maybe we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves just yet, but we're we're better versed at dealing with that, and and then the strategy of our attack game will I think is better than France's at the moment. I really do. I think our shape is is better and. Um, more manipulative. Okay. Uh, no furlong, it's been confirmed. No Gibson Park either. How did Murray do for you? Yeah, really well. Really well. It was good to see him back. Uh, high energy. Um, again, kind of Murray of old, uh, you know, running with the ball, attacking the line, taking the ball to, to space, you know, runners off his shoulders. His service very good. Maybe you might argue, not probably not on him, but, you know, one or two too many box kicks he could have really done with kicking the one before halftime out waiting another few seconds and or or going to his tent to kick it out it, it, we almost were made pay with that late score or could would be score for for Tipperick if the kick had been a bit more accurate but i thought he was a very he was a very very solid performer okay. um and for a guy that was left out of the 23 with Munster during you know Europe in in January and selected, it, it felt like it was a really important performance for him mm. in, in the longer term. He's he's been um, Andy Farrell's guy for five six years, you know, with Ireland, with the Lions, um, with all those victories against um, South Africa. He's been or against New Zealand. Uh, he's nearly been there for every one of yeah. them. And so th- there's lots of good muscle mer- memory there. Um, and for the for the confidence of his of the rest of the squad when he's in there, there he does exude a confidence. But he did need that performance, I do think, just to reinforce that he's not he's not done just yet. Yes. So as a final thought on, on Dublin and the French coming, you sound, I mean, borderline bullish here that Ireland are going to yeah. win this game. I, I do think we will win. I think we're very difficult to, bin at, to, to beat at home. I think we're different than the team um, two years ago that, that lost. Um, and, and I think if France had brought a, brought a better performance than last week, um, I, I, it, would have, it would soften my cough a little bit. But I, I just don't know where they're going to improve significantly against a better team than, than Ireland in a short space of time it was a really under par performance for them with 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 um where they the only real strength is they had to find a way to win 
and they did yeah. and they didn't tighten up they didn't revert back to type and you know stick it up their jumper and play physically the Jolly Bear try was a really well manufactured try two excellent offloads Olivon Tofanua and then Jolly Bear to be there I think I thought there was great bravery and I think that's what you have with this new crop of French players they they do have an inner belief even when they are off to, to, to get it done but I do think that Ireland in the Aviva um playing the way they are at the moment will will cause them huge problems. Mm, great. I mean, it's going to be such an amazing occasion. It was uh, interesting, Johnny Sexton, with all his experience, and I suspect you must have experienced this as you got on and you were doing things for the last time. He was talking about how maybe he was as nervous for that Welsh game as any other game, and he's in that last chance saloon. This is it now. Am I going to win a Grand Slam? Or, you know, it's 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 all our bust. And he's he's carrying that weight which is um just an extra layer for him yeah yeah it's, it's mad to hear that you know think about you know he's had 17 seasons of games to be nervous for and for that to be one of the most nervous it's weird you, you find sometimes that happens in games where you don't where you don't expect it or don't anticipate it and it kind of creeps up on you i had one of those years ago when i was playing against ulster in a in a pro 12 final it was our fourth in a row and we'd lost the three previous and I was I was almost sick with with nerves the prospect of learn, losing four in a row and yet you'd played in you know big six nations games played against you know southern hemisphere opposition but sometimes unsuspectingly it, it, it catches you and you're like oh my gosh the, the magnitude of the, the start of what could be an amazing yeah. six or seven weeks obviously you know took over and and I'm sure that he won't be nearly as nervous against France this weekend because now they've got that performance un- under them and now they're back at home as well, um, albeit with a few injuries. But this is a, you know, a, a well, you know, a, a well built up squad size that, you know, they're going to have to lean on for the World Cup. So I think they're going to learn a bit about themselves throughout the, the Six Nations, too, in that regard. Uh, very quick word on Italy. I don't do them a disservice. We'll come back to them across the championship. So, uh, in some respects, they did the easier stuff terribly. You mentioned the exits, and yet there were other times where they went through 10, 15 phases, played some lovely rugby. In Ange Capuozzo, he just, I mean, his size, he's just got a great face and a certain charisma. He kind of captures the imagination. Uh, they gave us what we've been asking for over the 36 and 0 run, which was just being with a chance of winning. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Don't get me wrong. Whatever about you know their victory against Wales um, at the end of last year's Six Nations, I didn't go through that with a fine tooth comb. But you know, they was a magnificent try and um, to 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 win it um, and to break that duck. But then what they did, I, I thought they were they were made look a bit you know a bit better than they were perhaps against Samoa. I thought it was a very poor Samoan team, but some of the tries they scored against. Australia and the shape and the ability to get into shape really quickly where you you know the you know managing to turn defense into attack and sticking bodies Capuazzo scored his first try against Australia in, in November was magnificent a team try good lines of running everyone knew their role don't overplay your hand quick hands footwork it had everything and so I thought when I saw that I was like okay now they know what they're doing and in Crowley, they've got a coach that has really given them a, a, a blueprint as to how they attack and where they attack from and, and what they need to do 
when they're not getting the ball. That's more important than when you're getting the ball. It's what you're not doing with it because if you're not doing anything, you're you're letting the team down. You've got to try and hold someone or make yourself available for the next phase. Um, so I thought some of their multi-phase was really, really good. Um, I think if they, being brutally honest, I think if they if they got themselves some really, really top quality halfbacks, I think yeah. they could be a great team. Yeah. I think, you know, Varney was all all right. He's he's young, um, and maybe he'll he, you know he'll grow into that role. In Tommy Allen, I think they've got an okay player without being exceptional. Garbisi is he he's better. He, I think he's got more football in him. Um, but yeah, it does feel as though if, if you could if you could put you know a really high quality you know scrum half in there. Mm. And to to kind of boss things, it would be very exciting to see where they go because, um, you know, Menoncello, um, you know, Capuazzo, even Bruno Ioni as well. He wasn't there for personal reasons. I think he was back in Australia or New, or in New Zealand. He's a he's a great player. And even the centres, Maurice is going well for for London Irish this year. Brex, you know, super solid. They they feel it feels as though there's a real confidence coming from their game now that they know what they're at. Mm. That it's not helter skelter anymore, where they they and now they're getting a bit of possession and they're getting a bit of go forward from some of their ball carriers. He's Canoni guy at, at eight is a good player, um, and you still have your man guys like Pelletri to come back as well. So it, I'm really excited at the prospect of where this Italian team can potentially go in the next three or four seasons. Now that we've seen mm. like proper green shoots from them, yeah, it's a far cry from relegation or not talk. Scotland 29, England 23. I mean, so interesting. Uh, much like Gatland, there was no new coach bounce for England. And then the Scots do it again to England. The Van der Merwe try will be shown for generations. It's like that kind of a moment. Scotland at Twickenham. Uh, you've uh, had the odd Maisie run in your head. Uh, or, or sorry, the odd Maisie run in your time in your head. So like you get the ball in a moment like that. You don't calculate the run from start to finish. You just, I guess, no. you you start and you keep on reacting. Is that kind of how those it's go? The, it's the first one. It's the, breaking the first tackle and he gets a lovely blocker line from one of his forwards um, who stops Farrell, who I thought was really caught out. For, for a defender of his experience and know-how to get caught out on as he, you know, as he was chasing the kick. You know, sometimes... It, it, Farrell's uh, ability to work for the team works against him because he he chases so hard on the kicks, but then he gives himself very little decision-making time when he actually gets there. And I don't know who it was, which of the forwards managed to just literally stick his backside into him as he tried to to get to Van der Merwe. And once you create that channel, when a player like him, it's it's open field and off you go. And you're right, it's... um, you know, it's lovely footwork. I, I've been critical of Van der Merwe in the past, thinking that he was this, you know, bullocking, bulldozing, um, you know, South African winger that didn't have a lot of football. You don't need football when you're able to do that. Mm. And sorry, he's obviously got, he's a he's a terrific athlete. Not a huge man for passing stats, but it doesn't matter when you can do that. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, when I talk about that lack of football, the, the football he had to transfer the ball mid sidestep to get it from right arm to left arm to get the handoff on Dom, Dom Brandt was sublime, was really, really high level intellect. So maybe I, maybe he deserves a lot more credit than I had given him in my head. But it, it was what when you see those moments, they're, they're magical moments. But I think that ball transfer is 
is the big thing in all of that. It's it's you know the evasion evasion skills and the but, willingness to back yourself. Yeah, but it's but, that's instinctive. Ball transfer is and he's oh, he swish it from one hand to the other. It was he was it was right arm carry carry the whole way. Yeah, and then he stepped across Van Portfleet and he see, the last defender to come across is Don Brandt. And literally, as he's stepping off his left foot, he's transferring the ball from his right to his left arm, so he gets his right fend out on Don Brandt, who goes high on him. Okay. Don Brandt goes low. It's far enough out for he's going to stop his momentum. He goes high, and he must have one of the strongest handoffs in, in world rugby at Van der Merwe. Yeah. Well, I've it's seen funny. That while, Ian, was, Ian McKinley uh, said to us a couple of years ago in, in the Virgin Studios, he said, Van der Merwe looks strong on TV. When you tackle him in real life, he's it's unbelievable. The TV doesn't even do the power justice, so he's he's pretty scary. Um, give us a word on each team because uh, clock will come against us. The last time the Scots won two matches in a row, they're opening two matches in a row in this championship is 1996. Uh, hey. Which is like, that is a stunning uh, record, really. So here they go against Wales at Murrayfield. I mean, everybody's making the like the classic, we all know what's going to happen here. But but is there something a bit different about Scotland here? Find out. Like, <laughs> it's three, that's three Calcutta Cups in a row, yeah. right? Um, which is big, you know, it's big for for them, and um, and two of them in Twickenham, you know. So give them credit where credit's due, but you but you'll get no respect and credibility until you back up those big victories with with, with secondary performances, which they've struggled with. So the jury will remain out until yeah. they actually manage to get that done. I think they will. I think they have too much um, for for this Welsh team. Um, they 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 were brave with selection. It was it, you know you look at uh, picking Hugh Jones instead of uh, Harris in the centre. I think that's a brave attacking selection, attacking minded rather than trying to defend leads. And you know, put you know Harris is one of the best defending thirteens out there, but I think he offers very much an attack. Hugh Jones always picked great lines. Loved playing against England. Um, and you know, but yet maybe defensively, not he's certainly not the player that Harris is. So when you're when you're thinking all out attack versus defensive, I, I like that mind uh, mindset shift where Gregor's going right. Let's leave nothing behind. Um, and um, you know, when you've got someone like Phil Russell, Finn Russell, that can create, and you've got the whole runners like like Hugh Jones, you got a good combination. If you've got a decent platform, you get some opportunities, and then throw in Van der Merwe and and some really big ball carriers. Although Fagerson was very good at at aid as well. Um, you know, Richie, solid performer, you know, really good skills in the lead up to the second Van der Merwe try yeah. from Johnny Gray. Like th- those yeah. just small moments around really, you know, high skill levels under fatigue, under pressure. So, um, yeah, I, I think they will get it done against Wales um, in in Murrayfield. And because the slam, t- the slam talk is on in um, in I, I'm going to try and say that without smiling um, in Scotland. Like they still have to obviously go to France, which would be a big challenge, um, and and then Ireland have to go to Murrayfield, which I think will be a very yes. very difficult yeah. game. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, I think I was saying on the show last week. I do think that that potentially could be the most difficult game of our five. Um, so watch this. Space. Yeah, but I, I I don't know if I don't have Scotland on for the Slam yet. <laughs> okay, I think that's fair enough. Um, what of England then? So Borthwick's England. Yeah, I just I, I'm really surprised how defensively poor they were, um, and 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 in particular a couple of times that time the Farrell got caught the second time on the uh, the lead up 
um, was it their first try? I can't remember who scored it. Um, it was that Hugh Jones break through the middle. Like it did feel as though Farrell had a bit of a grudge match with uh, Russell trying to get shots on him. He got one or two on him, but breaking the integrity of the line to shoot out and hit someone and not get the ball and then create a massive gap as a result of it. I just think it was yeah. very I'm sure unknown Farrell-like. I'm sure you've seen the replays as well. Russell made sure to yeah. jog around and let him know. Yeah. And Vandermeer hadn't even scored the try at that stage and he was chirping in his ear. Like, could have backfired. Yeah, it could have backfired. It could have backfired. <laughs> but the fact that his the chat was more important than maybe running <laughs> into a good support place says an awful lot. But um yeah, obviously there's a bit of there was a bit of over and back between the two of them. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm I'm just I'm surprised that, that Owen kind of got suckered into that a couple of times and, and made kind of defensive lapses that you would not usually associate with them. I would have thought He's an integrity of the line sort of guy, and and he's a team defender. So to have made a couple of reads like that is 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 unusual. But some some good stuff with um with England in attack, and you got a sense of of some of their their shape. But I don't know what's going to come of 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 Farrell and Smith. Like we're we're still waiting for it to ignite. Why and why doesn't it work? Like I feel I, I I mean at a glance I can see the logic. I can see the ingredients working here. Why doesn't it work? And sometimes guys just don't, they just don't, you just don't have chemistry, you know? Um, it's no different in rugby than it is in, in, in kind of other walks of life that sometimes you just hit it off with some people and you get them and you understand them and from a body language point of view and there's a telepathy. Yeah. Sometimes people are just, at, you know, see things differently and, and, and kind of read off different um, pages. And, and so it's very hard to get that integration when they're playing totally off the cuff and natural, as certainly as Smith does in particular. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see where that goes. Do they stick with it or do they, um, or they, do they revert back to Manitoulagi for the next game and giving you an advanced line and getting your big pack around the corner? But England have work to do. I, mm. I really do think that. You know, I think they don't have the same personnel to choose from than, than other years. Um, and, you know, yeah, there, there's a few guys in the team sheet that I wouldn't, right at the moment, fear massively. Um, compar- comparably to other England teams over the last kind of 10 years, you look at them and think, oh, that's a that's like that, that England World Cup semi-final final team. Yeah. You know, it was a good team. Yeah. You know, a really strong team. Cruz and Atoji in the row. You know, George, Sinclair, um, Maku. Um, put Genjin there, you know, great player. And then that back row, you know, Billy, um, Underhill, uh, Curry. Like, that's a really strong England pack. I don't think that, you know, playing well, I don't think that England pack would, would to, to coin Paul O'Connell, put the fear of God in me. No. Uh, beautifully done. We're up and running. Thank you so much. Nice and cheers, Joe. Cheers. Brian O'Driscoll uh, with us and uh, plenty more rugby coverage across the week. As always, with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Brian O'Driscoll on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.